prepare a plane for. <laughs> oh dear, where is it? Ah. Oh. What is going on, children? We just go out the house for a few minutes and this is what starts to happen? Children, what, what is the point of trying to help you if this is what you do when we don't look? What do you think, Mother? Well, I go to a doctor's appointment and this is what I come home to. Pathetic. Get it tidied up and get it tidied up quick. Probably all of us can relate to that kind of situation in our own home. You know, why don't we go ahead and do that over? I think it would be a good idea. Children, <coughs> what's going on? Sorry, we were, we, were, we were just playing around. You were just playing around? It does look like it, doesn't it? <laughs> my, this needs my, to be my. tidied up. That's your job right now, to get it tidied up. And we'll talk about this. You okay. understand? You go quickly. That was quite a role play, wasn't it? You know, we don't really want the attention so much drawn on what the children were doing as the parents' reaction to what they were doing. You know, we, our first reaction there was not, it was just us venting. It wasn't really very motivating for the children, was it? It wasn't. And you know, we've all been there, haven't we, as parents, you know? Every one of us. Yeah, we've done it. You know, the, the second role play was more, we didn't really deal with anything at that point. Why, why didn't we deal with it? Because we were not in a safe condition emotionally to give the children any kind of rational instructions there. So it was, I don't know if you noticed, for myself anyway, I, it was just... It was a prayer. Oh, Lord, help us. What do we do here? And then we just gave some simple instructions and then left it to it, and we will talk about that later on. But the, the reality is our children would not want you to think that that was their real behavior. They, were, they just wanted to role-play that to give us parents opportunity. But, you know, the point that we want to make is that our approach sometimes... Um, the words that we use are not motivating our children in the right direction. It's just us venting our frustration or our uh, anger, and we're not really meeting the children's needs. We're, we're just, you know, it's just tumbling out of our mouths. So we want to talk about, um, well, we sh I should introduce ourselves. I'm Paul. This is my dear wife, Carolyn, and those two little rascals that were with us a moment ago <laughs> Uh, Caleb is 12 and Hannah is 14 
And we're from Restoration International, and we're glad that you've invited us in your home today for um, program six that corresponds with chapter number six in um, the Connected Family, the companion book that goes with this program. You know, we are trying in each program to, and each chapter in the book, to give you something very specific that you can go away and do. This is a book that you, that's a program that you do, and the book is to help you achieve the different goals. This time round, we're going to be looking at um, a most powerful motivator. You know, I think every parent at some point asks the question, what do I do with my children to motivate them in the right direction? You know, you have to stop and think, what motivates you? What motivates me? When we've done something wrong and we know we have, and somebody comes and just blasts us out, are we motivated? Well, a, a classic for that would be, you know, say, um, say you do something at church. Maybe you're a person who goes to church and somebody in the church leadership says, hey, will you come up on the platform and, you know, just say a, a few words. Maybe you give your testimony of how you came to the Lord or whatever. And then you're, you're up there and you uh, uh, and and then you talk too quiet, and, and then you talk too loud, and, and then you forget, oh, what was I going to say? And you, you don't do a very good job. And then, you, but it took every bit of energy you had, and you were scared stiff, and your knees were knocking. And then the pastor comes to you afterwards, and he says, there's two things he could do. He could say, man, what was your problem up there? I mean, you were talking too loud, and then you are talking too quiet, and you kept saying, and, 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 uh, uh. He said, you've got to pull your socks up if you're <laughs> going to do that again. I mean, how would that make you feel as an adult? Are you going to say, oh, thank you, Pastor. I'm so pleased that you pointed those things out. And any time you need me to do that again, just let me know. I doubt that would be your response. You probably just kind of, well, if he's going to ask me to do that again, he's got another thing coming. You know, it makes me think of when we taught the children to ice skate. Yeah. You well, know? before we go there, I just wanted to talk about, you know, and if the pastor came to you and he said, you know, I really appreciate your willingness to get up there and, you know, it, you, you did a good job. I think people got a blessing from what you said. Doesn't that make you feel good? And now that ice skating, well, we live in um, the northwest corner of Montana. And as the temperatures dip down, you know, October, November time, you've got two choices, really. You either become a hermit and you... you dwell within a, a few feet of the wood stove, or you can take winter by the horns and, and get out there and have some fun. And our children, when they were a lot younger, um, they wanted to, some of their friends did it, they wanted to learn to ice skate. Well, what you've got to know, and you've probably picked up, is that Paul and Carolyn were not born and raised in Montana. Uh, the accent that you hear is because we were born and raised in the United Kingdom. And we, we came over here about uh, 11 years ago. Both of our children have spent most of their life over here. And they had friends that were ice skating, so they wanted to learn to ice skate. But I didn't know how to ice skate. The water doesn't freeze in the United Kingdom. Nobody goes ice skating unless it's indoors. <laughs> um, so they wanted me to teach them. You remember this? How to ice skate and, and you to help. Well, how do you teach somebody to ice skate? The, the only thing I could do is, okay, I could put the boots on their feet and I could tie the laces and then I could say, okay, children, you just have to stand up and they'd say, oh, daddy, it's wobbly. I says, yeah, it's wobbly for me as well. And, you know, they would fall down 
And what do I say when they fall down? Get up, you oaf. Come on, just get yourself up. Is that going to do it? <laughs> we'd, we'd only have five minutes worth of ice skating. They'd be in tears. So the only tool that I had in teaching our children to ice skate was, oh, you're down, never mind, let me help you up, and you would help them up, and you'd steady them, and you'd hold them, and you'd encourage them, and you would say, you can do it, and you know, don't worry about that, we just keep encouraging, 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 and today, we have quite a bit of fun as a family, ice skating. So what percentage of your teaching do you think was encouragement? Well, I didn't have anything else to tell them, so it's probably 90% encouragement, encouragement and right. you know, maybe 10% worth of advice. You know, and that encouragement can come in other ways too. That's like a bigger example, but there can be those little quick things in the day. As Paul said in, in the previous program, you know, kind of ruffling the hair, pulling on Hannah's ponytail. And, you know, as we give seminars all around the world, we travel a lot as a family, we're just trying to tune into our children and so oftentimes we may get eye contact in a room, maybe we're not close together right at that point, and I'll do one of these. Like this? Is it like this? And I'll find out how my children are, you know, if they're like this or they're kind, it's like, uh-oh, they're getting tired, whatever. It's just a non-verbal communication. Just a connection point. Another thing we'll do, and we do it a lot, I don't know if anybody else does this, but, you know, in the morning time, Caleb gets up to go to the bathroom, he passes me, I'm having my devotions, and I'll just go, I'll just blow a kiss. In the dark, he hears it, and he knows that means I'm, I'm not verbalizing it, but really I'm saying, how are you doing? I'm connected to you. And we'll do that a lot as a family, and that's just kind of what that means. There's other ways, you know, people do the high five, or whatever it is, that, that encourages, that motivates, that says, I'm with you, I'm rooting for you. Yeah. See, encouragement is such a powerful motivator. Um, think about as you drive through a big town there's billboards all mm. over the place what what are the billboards there for are they to break the wind uh, um, are they there for just decoration no people uh, big companies are paying big money to put their products in front of you and they 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 use encouraging words buy this and you'll be happy essentially is what they're saying and they encourage you and they encourage you and they encourage you over and over again everywhere you go they're trying to encourage you in the magazine ads and the billboards and the TV ads and then what happens you end up buying it even if you didn't want it even if you you know, had not that much interest because you've received that much encouragement to do it, you end up doing it. Encouragement is such a powerful motivator. It's a wonder as parents that we don't use encouraging mm -hmm. words more often. There's a reason for that because to our human natures, it doesn't come naturally. Encouragement is something we have to pray for. It certainly doesn't come naturally to me to be encouraging, yet the Lord will give us opportunities if we ask him to. Some people are more naturally that way. I'm not naturally that way. I don't know why that is, but some people are more so. What about you? Well, I'm just, uh, I am not necessarily a very encouraging person. <laughs> Our poor children! <laughs> but, you know, I've prayed a simple prayer, because I recognize that I'm not that encouraging, and in my prayers in the morning, I say, God, you know, I, I want you to prompt me today. And I want to explain this prompting because I've, I've actually used it in some of the other programs. You know, it's, it's not an audible voice that you hear, but any of us know, say you're, you're driving along the road and you put the, um, 
you're just walking, you're just driving into a parking lot maybe, and you're finished on the cell phone, and you put your phone down in your lap. You might hear a, a still small voice behind you say, don't put it in your lap. Because when you get out of the car, it'll fall out of your lap and onto the pavement and, you know, possibly break. So that is what I call when you, you that's what I mean when you get a, a little call from the Lord, a little reminder. And God is willing to send us those kind of messages through his angels or through his Holy Spirit, however he does it. But I've prayed, God, today, give me the opportunity and help me to tune in, help me to get through my thick school, <laughs> that this is an opportunity for me to encourage my boy or my girl. And God does do that. Now, I can't say that I'm the dad that every time I hear it, I say, oh, good, here comes my opportunity to encourage. Oftentimes, even though I hear it, it still doesn't actually manifest its way into action. So, so one of the reasons that we don't encourage? Well, there, there's a lot of them. I, I think one of the main ones why we do not encourage is because you know, we don't see life through children's eyes. Um, we're adults and we've got all these things going on. And I remember one time, I don't know if you remember this, we were in Washington uh, doing the family camp meeting mm -hmm. there. And we heard go over the PA that there was going to be free popcorn Saturday night, I think it was. But we had other things planned. We had to meet with a family, if you remember. And so we just kind of dismissed it. But Caleb heard the announcement. And he was about six, I think. Yeah, he was just a little fella. And we ignored it. We didn't see popcorn through his eyes. <laughs> so we didn't go and get the popcorn. didn't mean anything to us. But... Um, the message that evening that was actually given by somebody else, I remember, encouraged us as parents to check in with your children. It was about disappointments. Disappointments, and see if your children have any mm -hmm. disappointments. So we did that. Uh, at the end of the day, when we went back to our room, uh, you know, we we'd heard the seminar, and we said, uh, hey, Caleb, do you have any uh, disappointments today? And instantly, his eyes filled up with tears. And I said to Carolyn, what's going on? <laughs> and uh, I said, what's up? And he, he choked up. And I said, come on, Caleb, you can tell us. He said, you know, he's just a little fella. I, I didn't get any popcorn. <laughs> and I'm thinking, oh, good. This wasn't anything serious. <laughs> but, you know. But to him it was serious. It was very serious. So for breakfast the next morning, along with all the other things, he got popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, for, for me, missing popcorn is no big deal. But, you know, if my buddy emails me and says, hey, Paul, you know, the flights to Hawaii are 275. And then I go online and they're 975. <laughs> I think, oh, man, I'm disappointed. I miss my chance. So you know, we've got to see life through the children's eyes. Another reason that we don't encourage is that we get so zoned into the problem. You know, if you're very task-oriented like I am, being task-oriented is a good thing. You get a lot of things accomplished, but if you don't do it in the Lord, there are times when things fall apart because of that. And so, you know, for example, cleaning the bedrooms. When the children are asked to go clean their rooms, there's two ways that we can deal with it when we walk in. Chances are this is not going to be 100% perfect because they're children, right? But oftentimes I'm just being really vulnerable for who I am. I'll walk in there and I won't see the half a dozen things they did do. I'll see the one thing they didn't do. The socks sticking out from under the bed or I open the closet and, oh dear. And, you know, we get so zoned in that rather than saying, you know what, children, 
you did a good job of this and this, but you know something? This here could be a little better. Give more of an encouraging feel. Right. So it's, it's focusing on the good things that they do rather than just being focused on the things that are out of place. That's our, that's our little window of encouragement right. that we can give. And it's balancing that up with not ignoring just like, you know, the, the scene that we played out here. If we'd have come in and gone, oh, children, you're having a blast, that wouldn't have been something to have helped them. But so we don't want to encourage them in the wrong, but neither do we want to discourage them by a barrage of words, which we've all done and been there. Yeah, the, so our window of opportunity there that we, we've got to be praying for and recognizing is when they do something good, that is the time to be able to encourage them. Mm -hmm. Even if, and I've had this, even when they tried to do good, but it didn't actually turn out good. Um, we don't have to have perfect performance before we can give encouragement. Mm -hmm. It's just if we see the slightest little bit of willingness, we've got to encourage that uh, with those encouraging words. You know, another reason why we don't encourage as much as we could is because that's what they're supposed to do. Mm -hmm. Why should I encourage them for what they're supposed to do? Mm -hmm. So it's... For instance, if um, we've taught our children uh, with the work that we do and the travel, oftentimes we're speaking to other adults and um, our children need our attention for something. And with early on, they would just barge in right over the top of the adult conversation. And we realized after a while, well, it's maybe not the best. So we were teaching them to, you know, just wait patiently until you know, m mommy or daddy, whoever's speaking, will carry on the conversation. We know you're there, and when we get a chance, we'll, we'll give our attention to you. Um, now, say our children come to our side. We're, we're at a busy convention center or whatever, and our children come, and they stand there, and they're waiting for us. They kind of pull on your jacket a little bit, and, um, and then we, we get to the point where we can quit talking with the person, and then we turn to the child, and we say, Yes, Caleb, what do you want? And he says, uh, Daddy, I'm bursting for the bathroom. It's like, okay, um, that's fine. I'll be with you right away. Now, what, where's the encouragement in that? Well, we need to encourage our children. You know, as Caleb and I walk off to the bathroom or whatever, I can say, Caleb, I really appreciate that you didn't interrupt my conversation. That's good progress, buddy, because you didn't always used to do that. <laughs> and then ruffle his hair. What does that immediately do? It confirms that good behavior in his mind, and he's much more likely to do that another, uh, another time. Then if, if I don't say anything, I'm not reaffirming the good. That's really what we're talking about. So look for those opportunities to encourage your children. So we need to see life through their eyes. Mm -hmm. um, which means not, ex not, um, not ignoring those opportunities to um, bring a little joy their way. You know, um, I don't know how it is for you, but not everywhere. Up in Montana, we get plenty of snow, but some places don't get a lot of snow. When I was growing up and you were growing up in the United Kingdom, we didn't get much snow. And if the snow did come down, I don't know how it was for you, but in my house it was, you know, my sister and my brother and I, it was, we want to go sledding, we want to go sledding. <laughs> and so, you know, 
it doesn't happen very often. So what kind of encouragement can the, the parents give at that point? Oh, don't be silly, it's cold out there. No, they can say, okay, children, we are going to go. You get some stuff together and we'll go. We gotta encourage, that's not really encouragement, that's more entering into their mm -hmm. dreams, but we've gotta see life through their eyes and don't miss opportunities to give some kind of encouragement. So, so one thing I'd like to discuss is flattery. Because encouragement and flattery can kind of get, there can be kind of a close line there. Well, what uh, do you think the difference is between so encouragement and flattery? Are you thinking then that flattery is not good? No, I don't think it's the best thing. I, I would agree because in, in my mind, flattery is... It's, it's kind of a lie. Well, not, not, I don't know about that, but it's more where you are uplifting the person. You know, if I was to, um, if Caleb was doing well, he was being attentive, say we were at uh, a convention or whatever, and he sat in his chair and he sat there quietly and he was attentive, I could say something like, Caleb, I really appreciate the fact that you chose to sit still. And thank you. That means a lot to me. You know, mommy and daddy have, have tried to get you to sit still for years, and now <laughs> you're doing it. And that would be encouraging. Mm -hmm. But if I came to him and said, hey, Caleb, <laughs> you were the best behaved kid in the whole place. You are number one. You are really, you know, and just puffed him up. Mm -hmm. Then that's the flattery that then they start to get, you know, big and proud and you know, flattery is kind of a poison mm -hmm. because children sometimes... It's kind of addictive too. How do you mean? Well, in that you, you get flattery and you want more, so you go looking for right. it and you might look in the wrong places. Yeah, and then if somebody doesn't give you the flattery that you think you deserve, then you're put out with them and they didn't do anything wrong. And, and flattery tends to leave God out of the picture also. So, for example, you know, Hannah really likes to cook, and she cooks all kinds of things. And that's another area of encouragement, discouragement as well in the kitchen. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> when she's cooking, if she makes a great batch of cookies, if we go to her and say, you're the best cookie maker in the whole of the world, What's that going to do for her? Just kind of puffs her up. Mm -hmm. Well, I am pretty good. So how, how, I mean, if a child did do make some nice meal or do something fun in the kitchen, what can you say that is, is encouragement but isn't flattery? Well, you could say something like, um, I've done this, you know, God's really blessing your talent in the kitchen to be able to cook. You've done a great job. Yeah. That's an encouragement rather than kind of poofing them up into, into being some great big thing. And the other thing is that, and I'm, I'm just being very real now. We need to be encouraging them when things aren't the greatest that come out of the kitchen, for example. And we've, we've been through some of that, haven't we? <laughs> well, You're particularly is, sensitive to burnt food. <laughs> well, I love your cooking. And now we've got Hannah cooking. I've got to get used to some other lady <laughs> cooking for me. Well, it's not easy, uh, you know? and, and, and you don't like burnt food. Well, my nostrils can <laughs> smell it as soon as I get anywhere near. We've tried all kinds of ways to disguise the rice when it gets burned, you know how that is. We tried ways to disguise those things, but you're also having to learn to be encouraging rather than focusing on the one thing that kind of gives you that, ah, yeah. to encourage that these things were okay. You know, there's a scripture here that I'd like to share, and it, it's, it's a word picture from the scriptures. It is from uh, Proverbs 25 and verse 11, 
And it says this, a word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in pictures of silver. Or in some translations it says, apples, it's a, a word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in settings of silver. You know, parents, we just want to bring to your attention that, or, or to your remembrance, that encouragement goes a long way in your heart. And uh, if people encourage you in something you've done, it makes you feel good. It makes you want to please that person. It draws you closer to that person. Well, of all the people in the world, who should be encouraging our children? It's got to be mom. It's got to be dad. So don't miss out. I think you're realizing what our practical challenge is. We'll talk about that a little bit after the break. But we are really wanting to highlight in this program the need for encouraging words. It is so easy. And we're, we're not sitting here as people who have got it all figured out. And, you know, we, all we ever do is encourage. Um, and, th you know, the danger is that if they don't get the encouragement from the parents and they don't find those encouraging words at home, they're going to look elsewhere. And elsewhere may not be a place we want them to be looking in. Right. So we've really got to draw them in with our encouragement. Remember, we are in section one of the Happy the Home series. And section one is all about winning their affections, drawing our children's heart close to us. And we've discussed another way today, encouraging words. It is a powerful tool in your toolkit as a parent. And the, the world spends millions of dollars every year on advertising to encourage us to do things that we wouldn't ordinarily do. So parents, we want you to, we're encouraging you <laughs> to use encouraging words and um, lift up your children towards you with those affirming words. We're going to have a little break here and we'll be back with you straight after. So today's challenge and step forward is your day to be encouraging. If it's not something natural to your personality, today is your day to get started. Look for those opportunities. Pray for those opportunities. You know, this doesn't mean that if something like the scene we walked into at the beginning of this program, if you have one of those kind of scenes going on, that doesn't mean you're not going to deal with it. It still needs to be dealt with. Often in the moment isn't the time. Coming apart having some prayer about it, letting the situation simmer down and then sit down together with your children and talk about what's happened. That's going to be new to them, but this is your challenge. Step forward with encouragement today. Let's pray. We need some prayer. <laughs> <laughs> Father in heaven, you know that Carolyn and I have not always been the most encouraging parents, but thank you that more and more we are hearing you call to our hearts to be encouraging we're seeing those opportunities to see life through their eyes and not necessarily just expect things from them, but give them encouragement. Father, thank you for your encouragement to us. And we pray that as we go through our parenting that we will see those opportunities. Please give us the grace then in the moment to be encouraging. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You know, we have really enjoyed this program with you and we invite you to join us again for program number seven. It's one-on-one -on -one 
part one where we're going to talk about time with our children again.